Hey, everybody, this is Scooter. Just a reminder to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. That way it just comes directly to you, whether you subscribe in iTunes or uh, an Android podcatcher. Uh, then the podcast is just there when you need it. And you can get to our iTunes page uh, by sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. And I guess if I put this out there, I'll, I'll have to do it. Go to For Android, I'll try to create a link, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Android. Thanks, and let's get on to the show. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Uh, tonight it's our serial story, Tales of Lady Witchbeard. But all you got to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what, what, what am I going to do? What's the rest for you newbies or you regulars? You say, well, here's my propo- here's my memorandum of proposal or whatever. I'm going to reach my hand via my voice. So I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night to your ears. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, and an unpatented system of boredom to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain. Whatever's racing through your brain, whatever's got you tossing and turning, I'm going to try to distract you from that. I'm going to try to take your mind off of whatever is, you know, whatever you're thinking about or whatever has got you emotionally stirred up, whether it's excited or down or blue or, or anxious. Or maybe it's your body that, that's flaring up. I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to bring your attention to my my story, but I'm not going to lock you in. I'm not going to say, well, you wait, make sure you stick around till minute 49. Because I'll tell you what, at minute 49, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say Oshkosh Bagash, but I'm going to forget to say it. So at minute 49, I probably won't say Oshkosh Bagash. So no reason to say, there, I said it already, Ashkash, but gosh. But the story, you know, I, especially these these stories, I, I work really hard on them. And, then, and if you're a new person, you might say, well, that's ridiculous. Wait, you work really hard? Yeah, and I do because I feel like, you know, I'm not going to fall into that internal. You guys just see me dodge that little trap my internal uh, arguer set for me there. I tried to use a straw man version of a listener to, to bait me. But I'm not going to fall in that trap because, because I'm going to try to distract, but because I'm trying to stay on point, which is the, uh, yeah, I try to I try to make these stories mildly entertaining uh, with a little bit extra exposition, a little bit extra talking, uh, details that you'd say, well, geez, I didn't need to know the, the wallpaper uh, you know, or, or whatever it is, and you, then you talked about the wallpaper for six or seven minutes. But hearing you talk about wallpapers, and that's the worst thing in the world, you know, a lot, lot better than, uh, you know, budgeting, you know, two in the morning budgeting uh, combined with shaming for candy expenditures, which only equate to about uh, one one-thousandth of my budget. But for some, you know, problem, you know, that's the kind of budgeting d- debates that go on in your head for some people. But I'm going to try to take your mind off of that and distract you from that. And, and all you got to do, if you can stick with me, let me see if I can, I can make this a sal- somewhat salient point. 
You know, you hear people say, you know, just, just, just do, you know, just, just live in the present moment. Take it one, one bit at a time. And believe it or not, when I, so a lot of times I think what helps this podcast or helps people feel at ease enough to fall asleep is it takes a lot of work for me. You see, geez, I wouldn't consider this a lot of, again, you say, well, gee, I don't know if you're perform. you know, it takes a lot of work to overcome my fear of performance my fears of embarrassment, and my internal perfectionist that says, uh, this this is, you know, so sometimes when I'm feeling extra anxious when I sit down to do the podcast, I have a little trick I use. It, not a trick, I guess. It's a, I don't know if it's a method. I don't know. It's, just, it's a technique. I get me. Maybe that sounds too fancy, but, but I'd say a technique. Uh, some might call it a hack, but I'd say, well, I don't know if it's a hack. But, but what I do is I just uh, say, Especially with these Lady Witchbeard ones, because I do write them and rewrite them, or outline them and re-outline them. But it's like, okay, let's just take it five minutes at a time, Scooter. Here's the first part of the story. Let's just do five minutes, and then let's see how we're feeling. And, okay, this is what happened next. And, you know, if we need to take a little pause, and, and then we'll do the next five. It's going to be okay. Oh, and then we'll do that 10 minutes. Or, you know, just like at bedtime, I'll, I'll sit down to do the podcast. For example, tonight I sat down. I wanted to start it at one time. And then another part of me is like, whoa, Scooter, I need to unwind here and watch some. No, I don't know. Definitely not a sensible part of me it says, let's watch the news. Okay, well, I thought you said you wanted to unwind. Watch the local news to unwind. That's counterintuitive. Or that's counter counterintuitive. And he said, hey, Scooter, I got a rope, but I can't put it. And then, then a half hour went by. And then I said, then, then I said, okay, I'm going to do it now. And then I got, I said, well, she said, we got a lot to worry How long is this going to take? Because I got stuff to worry about here. And I said, let's focus on the moment here, Scooter. Okay, let's just sit down. And then I said, I don't think I want to do the podcast. And I, I don't want to do whatever again. And I said, okay, buddy, let's just do, can we just start the podcast? And then can we do the next one? And then sooner or later, we'll fly through. We might even get into the zone. We might not. And if we don't get in the zone, we'll just take it piece by piece. We can do stop if, if it's if it's not if really not going well. But let's see how it goes. And I found that that technique, it, it works, and it's being honest. Sometimes I say, well, Jesus, I'm not feeling it. Maybe I'll do, you know, do it later. Or uh, usually I can power through, though, once I get started. And I start to enjoy myself. Maybe I start to relax. Maybe the story starts to flow. But I think taking it in these little chunks and maybe just taking your sleep and you say, well, geez, Scooter's doing the intro now. Let me try to relax and listen and, and uh, to shut the brain bots down. You know, so I don't know if you can break it, but, th- but, but this is our chunk here right now. I think that's my main point. This is our chunk together. And for at least this chunk, this is as safe a place as I can make it. I'm, I'm going to do my best to uh, to soothe, lull, and distract you. And I'll be here for the next 48 to 55 minutes, or I have no idea, yeah, about 51 minutes or so. Who knows? I don't have a... And I'll do my best to be silly. I'll do my best to, to, to be over... So I'll, I'll throw in some extra, extra... Extra, extra explanations for you, okay? So this is our chunk here. We're together, uh, kind of. And there's a community other pe- of other people listening right now. And so just to try to relax and sink in your bed. We're here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story. 
and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And let's just take this chunk right now. How's that sound? How's that sound? Is a what do I say? A memorandum of proposal. And I said, well, geez, that's not. If if I got that memorandum, I wouldn't have made it. How many paragraphs were in there? Because that was too many. And I would say touche. So I'd say, hey, I said, I said, you know, safe place. I'm sending my voice across the deep dark night to distract you, uh, to try to put you at ease, to, to to stop your tossing and turning, and and help you cross over the threshold to sleep. But if for some reason you can't sleep. I'll still be here talking, and I put put work into this uh, just in case. And I say, not in, uh, you know, so it's like, well, it's not like I'm just like, uh, say, you know, just talking words or uh, straight whatever. It's not like a filibuster, uh, though there is filibustering within the, you know, there, there could be filibusters, but it's not one big filibuster. So I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm glad you're here. And I do help I help you fall asleep, all right? Thanks for stopping by. And this is your first couple times here. Yeah, this is pretty out of the normal uh, sleep sleep stuff, sleep technique stuff. You know, not a lot of goo, a lot of goo, but not a lot of guru. You know, just the goo or the roo, but not. I'm not a guru. I'm either goo or roo. What did I say? My brain had a gobbledygook. Uh, you maybe maybe in some some you know down under whatever you call me a mash mouth. I don't know what you guys mush mouth mash mouth smush mouth. I say I'm more of a smush mouth, I guess, or a phage as I was called last week. The the phage is here. Uh, so that's it. Uh, all right, and uh, you know, welcome back or come on back anytime. The yeah. Uh, Air's just dull here. Uh, it was, it's too late for a country time lemonade metaphor, but uh, let's get you to sleep. What do you say? All right, housekeeping. I'm, my ride's on the way here for work, so I'm just uh, good morning and just trying to squeeze this in. It's Thursday morning, so this, this is close to live. Uh, if you're listening, it's Thursday night. Uh, but uh, housekeeping, we're on web www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can find our oldest episodes there that aren't on iTunes, like 1 through 30 or 40. You can comment on the website. You can email us feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast. Best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter at Dearest Scooter or on Facebook. Uh, we have a wonderful Facebook community, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. will take you to the Facebook community. It's a little spot where uh, I guess it's it's kind of unofficial just because I, I, I don't uh, – Everyone's wanting to check in there right now. I'm not allowed to check in there because something's going on, but I don't know what it is. But just because I think that's even better, it's it's, it's like uh, I feel like the Keebler. I feel like maybe I'll rename it the Keebler. Well, I guess that's trademark Keebler Elves. Uh, but I want to thank our moderators there: Jennifer, Julie C, Laura, Rachel, and Lida. And founder uh, started by Alexandra and Laura. And Alexandra really hates that when I mention that. So I love doing that. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful, who does our music. He's got a podcast, Sounds Like an Earful. I want to uh, I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer, who do our artwork. I haven't heard from Scotty and Jennifer in a while, but I got to email them. But if, they're, if you're listening, just to give me a hi. I'm hoping they're well. A couple other highs I haven't given out. Well, this podcast has a lord and a lady. I know this isn't the best time because my ride's coming any second for work. But lord and lady are out there. 
If you listen to older episodes, uh, there's still the Lord and the Lady of the podcast, assigned by a magical ticker tape machine. So, Lord and the Lady, I hope you're well. And when you have a Lord and the Lady, especially if you're if you're in uh, Prague, you need a defrenestrator. Uh, so, this podcast also has the official defrenestrator, Nick Van Cor, Phenom Three. He's a he's a professional wrestler or semi-pro wrestler. I, I would say professional, in my opinion, super professional or ultra-professional, but again, I don't read, uh, you know, uh, so I want to say hi to those the three of them. It could have been a double, D, a triple, hopefully Nick Van Corfina, I'm sure he didn't defrenestrate the Lord and the Lady, and then, you know, self-frenestrate, because that wouldn't, you know, but don't do that, you know, we, we'll work it out, okay? Uh, I'm going to try to get through what I can before my ride shows up here. Very professional, you know, I got to go to my day job, that's why. But I want to thank uh, uh, from iTunes reviews. If you want to review the podcast, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. It's a huge help to help people find the show or maybe just know that the show, you know, just know your honest opinion about the show. But I want to thank Manchester United, the Manchester United fan who says the best audio sleep aid possible. Wow, that's a compliment. They've listened to four episodes and they don't even know what the podcast is about. So that that's great. Then I want to thank Jay Woods from Wisconsin, maybe Jay Woods dash double I. Thank you. Podcast is making a world of difference for Jay Woods. I don't know if that's James Woods. James Woods is, is a national treasure, I would say. And Jay Woods, you're a treasure of both Wisconsin and the nation, in my opinion. I want to thank Rythes. Rythes, that's a nice. That's nice to say. Rythes. Rythes sounds like a toast from the future. Yeah, put on some Rythes. It's a cheese whiz and rye bread combined. Finally, you may. You know, Scooter never made it with the sleep podcast, but then he, you know, invaded, invented. Maybe I could invade the planet. Rythes. Maybe he didn't actually make rye cheese and cheese whiz. He brought it back. For, that's the only product on the planet. Rythes. And it uh, worked out great. They, they had it was kind of like they had a big uh, trade deficit because that's all they had. But Rythe says we're soothing, and their husband's a new listener. They're a new listener, and they put their husband to sleep. So that's awesome. And then we got a, a review from Jazz Critic who said, "Wow!" But they gave us a one star review. And I, as I said, bad reviews are a good thing because they show that, you know, well, these are real reviews here. But a lot of our bad reviews are knee-jerk reviews that people, which I understand, I'm surprised we don't get more of people that start listening to podcasts and they're like, holy, what is this crap? And then they shut it off and they write a bad review. So I do have a criticism of Jazz Critic if we have time, but Jazz Critic says, if listening to a grown man with vocal fry uh, baby talk about nothing intelligent, uh, then you're at the right place. Dear God, this is bad. Uh, a couple of things. I don't know if I use vocal fry. Right now my voice is fried because it's early in the morning and I've only had uh, one pot of coffee, so my vocal cords haven't even begun to wake up. But I think this is my real voice because I think uh, if I was doing vocal, like totally vocal fry, like if I do vocal fry, it's vocal fry, I... Hold on, my ride. My I dropped my phone. Uh, my ride's here, but so so I don't know if I use vocal fry, but maybe we've talked about. It. Some people have talked to me about it, and I don't know, but I don't think I do. But maybe I do. I don't know. But I I found that worrying about it makes the podcast worse. 
but I don't know if I, I'd like to know when I use baby talk. I have, I, hello, yo, that'd be baby talk and vocal fly. Well, I guess maybe I have done that before. Baby talk with vocal fly. But I gotta go, but I just wanted to criticize Jazz Critic, and normally I'm not passive-aggressive about uh, bad reviews or aggressive, but this is a somewhat aggressive, is, you know, if you're going to call yourself the Jazz Critic, please take the time to use jazz-related criticisms, even in non-jazz podcasts. Like you could say, uh, all be no bop, this podcast should go in the pot. Or, um... Anything about horns, I mean, geez, way too horny. No, no, all toots, no horn. This podcast is worse in the morn. And you say, well, he's not the rhyming jazz critic, Scooter. Or I think I had one other one. What's the jazz-related stuff? You know, he's no Louis Armstrong. You know, that's a good one. Or he's no Marsalis. Or we finally found the third Marsalis, uh, Dustin. That might be the, come on, Jazz Critic, change your review. We found the third Marcellus, Dustin. I thought I thought another one, but that one's pretty good, yeah. Finally found the one Marcellus that doesn't have talent. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for, even one-star reviews, they, they help because people say, okay, this is a real review, clearly. Well, I guess then you're like, well, I don't know Scooter does baby talk vocal for it, but now I do. Uh, and I think I think I probably have more jazz critic material, but uh, I don't want to be mean. I mean, I guess I'm not being mean. I'm geez, you called yourself the jazz critic. Throw some jazz criticism in there. It's like this guy is is the Muzak to 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 the, to the Dvorak or something. If it, that's not jazz, that's a language scooter, a programming language. Well, don't get don't get all John C. Dvorak on me, bro. I don't even know. I know that's a, per, a famous person, but I'm not. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the show. Thanks for listening. All right, when we last left off, uh, Lady Witchbeard and I had encountered uh, Montezuma, Monte, Monte. And he had he had, had a general idea, semi, somewhat misguided idea of who me and Lady Witchbeard were. And I think the reason why is he showed us, like, what I believe now are the secrets of the world, like this hall that was somewhat like a hall you'd see in a natural history museum and had, uh, I don't know what they call them, oh, exposit, what did I say, exposit, uh, exhibits, like you know, life-scale dioramas. But instead of being just static, they were dreamlike. Uh, so, so instead of having an exact idea of who me and Lady Witchbeard was, he was kind of interpreting dreams about me and Lady Witchbeard and about other events. So he thought I was the phage instead of the germ. Or you might say, no, Scooter, he said phage. And I'd say, well, yeah, I prefer the phage. And then he thought Lady Witchbeard was a mustachioed queen. And you say, no, mustached queen. And the uh, buckler of swaz, which I like that. We didn't, I didn't use that enough in the episode for, you know, buckler of swaz. Maybe, maybe you should say that right before, buckler of swaz. That's the kind of thing someone says when you're like, uh, when they're asleep, but you think like, you're like, honey, where's the gold? And they say, buckler of swaz. Yeah, where do you keep the key to the safety deposit box, honey? 
The black lure of Swaz. What did you say under the smaj? Black lure of Swaz, my dear. Okay, under the fly swatter? Black lure of Swaz. Uh, but that's what they call Lady Witchbeard. I'll stop right now. Um, and then he showed us all these other exhibits. It ended up he was building the pyramid. He showed us other uh, exhibits. Uh, and I started interpreting And what I figured out is that the pyramid was kind of like a Cold War nuclear weapons, maybe. Except, uh, well, yeah, probably also built at a high cost to the people. I didn't even think about the socioeconomic impacts until uh, just this second. But just like the nuclear weapons, it was a deterrent in, in Montezuma's, uh, presumably, this is my interpretation, and they say, well, didn't you write this story? No, interpreted this story from, you know, the you know, story swamp in my brain. The old story swamp, that's where this stuff, you see, how'd you come up with a scooter? I'd say it's a story, I got a swamp of stories in my brain. I just go in there, pull out some muck, you know, smash it to, you know, kind of like making a mud pie. Uh, but he, I got distracted there by this, I got lost in the old story swamp. I shouldn't have gone in there just to make a point. You only go in there when you're looking for story stuff. Uh, but much like Cold War uh, nuclear weapons, the pyramid was a deterrent for the gods, the angry gods that, that uh, Montezuma's people were at war with. Or some sort, I, I don't have all the details. But he said, I think he said, hey, I'm going to, this is a, this pyramid, it gathers magic. And it's going to shoot some stuff up in the, you know, something where he could take the gods out. Or I don't know. I don't think I ever, but it was a deterrent that he didn't, he, he, but just like the nuclear weapons, he, I don't think he, he was getting rich like the people that said, well, geez, we'll make them. Uh, I don't know if there was a, whatever you call it, industrial, whatever the thing, Mick Jig, but, uh, uh, so, but then he said, but the real thing the guys want is Cortez. So I said, well, you know, but Lady Witchbeard said, Jesus has got to do with the magic, I think. Uh, quit building this thing, because if Cortez comes and messes it up, maybe that's what messes up the magic. And I said, buddy, we'll just go, 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 go get Cortez, deliver him straight to your gods. And uh, he said, well, it sounds like you, you give it a shot. I, I think that's how we left it off. We were actually at dinner. It was raining indoors, which I think, uh, not to get off track right away, I don't know many people saw the movie Ice Pirates like 8,000 years ago. Again, another part of my formative sexuality was uh, seen in Ice Pirates, where two people make love in an indoor rainstorm. But I think that's the only good. And, and you don't want an indoor rainstorm when you're eating dinner. It, it, it's terrible. You know, Jesus. Even if you have a soup, it's like now the soup tastes like water. And it's like you know, I don't even know where this rain even came from. So who knows? Uh, so free advice, any interior decorators or you know magic users, you know, save the rain for for love making. Or I guess for shooting movies with love-making scenes in it, because geez, uh, I don't know if that's even, it might be not bad. You know, it depends on the temperature of the rain and his love, you know, maybe just having sex and not love-making you could use indoor rain for. Uh, but so, but there wasn't any of that. There was just rain and we're eating dinner and that's where we left off.
So it's time uh, for another episode of The Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Har, har, Holy shit, Antonio. He just walked right into that, walked right out. And I think he's got a Tesla. He's just drive, drive right back to L.A. Thanks, Antonio. Do one more. It's the tales of Lady Witchbeard. Har, har, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that, too. All right. Tales of Lady Witchbeard and Antonio Banderas. Thanks. Uh, so we had a little bit, as dinner ended, uh, we had a little debate about Manta, Monty, Manta. You know, because I told him about the whole uh, Golden State Warriors and how Steph Curry, I, we we actually got into an argument of who, who was cuter, uh, Monta, Monta Ellis or Steph Curry. And I said, there's no, and I said, well, geez, there actually is an argument. But I said, you know, Steph's on the Warriors. He won, you know, he won us the championship, buddy. Uh, but I don't think, actually, I guess I was just arguing with myself in the rain. And Monarchy kept saying, what, Mavericks? What? what?" So I guess that wasn't a real debate. But it, it, there was a debate about uh, whether he he wanted to come with us. He's like, well, Marina's there. And then Lady Witchbeard was like, no, no, we got a baron. And, and I said, well, we could take I said, Lady Witchbeard, come on. And she said, Germ, we need to get this done. And I said, okay, Mana, you stay here with all these, you know, We'll be back. Don't worry. And then Lady Witchbeard, she she dealt with the details, which I said, geez, why haven't we been doing this all, all, all along? Like, you be the details person, and I'll be the other person. And then she just gave me that same, and I said, you take care of the details and the magic and the leadership and the stern looks, and the, the uh, what do you call furrowed brows, and I, I you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll take care of the bar, bar, Balky Bartak moose, you know. And she, she, I said, Lady Witchbeard, I got to make you laugh every once in a while. And I, she, she said, well, once, once a season. And I said, well, there's four seasons in a year, and that actually got her to smile. And she said, "Why?" She said, well, And I said, so, "But she got the details because she said we. I don't know. If, I think she got the address of like the God Drop or wherever. I don't know. That's why she was in charge of the details. Clearly, I went back to the thing that it looked like an aquarium, like the under deep sea uh, fish glow in the dark fish aquarium, and stared in it looking for answers." But anyway, we, we we had that, and then we hopped in. It was broom time, which I said, oh, this is great. And I, and I said, Lee, which was our plan? And we actually flew the brooms just quick up to the top of the pyramid. And and then we talked about vortices again in, in uh, Sedona, Arizona. And I said, this is a vortices. This must be a huge vortices. Why? Wow, this pyramid's here. And why the mat, you know, what, and she, we kind of talked about that, but it was super. And I said, vortices is a nice word. And I said, is it vortice? Is it, is that one of those trick words? Because it's not vortices, it's vortici. And, and I didn't realize, I thought I was thinking of what I was saying. And I said, oh, sorry, Leah. But she busted out her uh, looking glass type thing. Uh, that at some point she had to re, re whatever Rick had gotten back from me, 
and that, that had some sort of magic powers, very Gilliam-esque, I would say, except it didn't strap onto her, like her hat or anything. But we we located the general from the top of the pyramid. You could see in, everywhere, and you were surrounded by a. Uh, some sort of vibrating stuff, and they had stopped working on it. But they were close to done, and I could sense, I said, yeah, this thing is overflowing with magic. And I said, geez, I wish I had some. But anyway, Lady Whisper was like, okay, focus, Sherm, focus. That's her, that's her mantra with me. That's her mantra with me. And then we found uh, Cortez's the direction of Cortez, not far off, maybe four or five days walking, I don't know. But by broom, broom, well, we didn't have brooms, but by bro- imitate, what do you call it, broom stand-ins, which were our uh, sta- uh, uh, temples, you know. Those tra- temple, tra- I said, geez, we should get musky on that. You know, musky's got the tube, uh, and I said, well, it's better the two. His idea is probably better than than flying by temples. But we we uh, we, we were flying there, at our temples with broom dust, magical broom dust. And again, we would have to take a break every once in a while and and, and assess. And I said, lady, which what's our plan when we get there? And she said, well, we got to figure out where he is, and we'll, we'll we'll you know when he fall, you know we'll take him. And I said, Lady Witcher, do you know what a drone is? And she said, it, it's someone that won't stop talking, and, and, and they just go on and on and on. And I'm like, oh, Lady Witchbeard, what is it? What is this? Why, Lady Witchbeard, do you have a... Lady Witchbeard, is there, do you have a preference about what, what, what bristles you like in your broom? Lady Witchbeard, do you like to say bristles in a broom, brooming bristles? Bouncing and brooming, but and she just went on like that for, and I said, ha ha ha, and I said, no, lady, which were not droning. That's droning. And I said, well, but you, if you're controlling a drone, you may be droning, but a drone is this thing. And I said, we could be drones, and we'll circle the camp from above with your thingamajig. And she said, someone will see us. And I said, not if we're like a drone, lady, which were you. Then you're so high up that you just look like something innocuous and I said well nothing flies and I said don't worry and we circled the camp far far in the sky just like a couple of drones and we were we're high and she was looking on her uh, thing and she said and I said I tried to get close and we were looking and I said let me look uh, and uh, and I was looking, and I said, there's, a, I started to doing, I guess I thought I was funny. I was, like, pointing out, uh, I was making them nicknames for different uh, conquistadors. Uh, probably not good, funny stuff, though, because I was saying they were, I said, I still don't have a clarification if those are pith helmets. So I was doing pith breath, pith face, you know, wasn't hilarious stuff. Well, Lady Witcher said, I think this is, and then we saw Cortez, or somebody looked, uh, he said, man, if even at 10,000 feet, this guy's charismatic. There was something about the way he walked, and he had a, what seemed to be a woman with him, uh, because she, she just said it was the most lovely, even at 10,000 feet, the most lovely bare shoulders I've ever seen at 10,000 feet, uh, via, you know, monocular or whatever the hell we were using. But then we were going back and forth, and at some point, 
uh, I guess they did a little bit too much bullying. Lady Wishbeard yelled at me. And then she said, we got to redo the, she said, we're, we're, we're too high up. We got to re redust our brooms. And then she got ready to dust her broom. And of course, she said, what did that? I sneezed. But it, it wasn't a powerful enough sneeze, you know, up in this atmosphere. But it frightened Lady Witchbeer of all things. And she did one of those things where you get frightened and you do, you know, with your phone. I don't know if that's happened. Or even if, or maybe I was holding, maybe this is the version of whatever, you know. Okay, what really happened is I accidentally inhaled some broom dust. And then luckily my body sneezed it out, hopefully immediately, but maybe not. And then I, then I bobbled the broom dust thing. But Lady Witchbeer caught it, but then she lost her grip. And they tumbled down to there. They probably all tumbled out. And I wondered, like, whether Cloud of Broom died. But I said, geez, because that stuff's powerful. And then at our brooms, Lady Witchbeer said, well, geez, we're screwed, Germ, because what are we going to do? Start to go down. We're going to pick up speed. Our brooms are, brooms are uh, you know, I think that's what we tried anyway. And then we, you know, our broom, like whatever, anti-gravity, whatever, it's magic. So just stay, bear with me, you know. That stuff wore off. We started plummeting. And then I said, I said, uh, well, she's maybe, and I, I said, well, maybe if I sneeze, you know, I still got some broom dust left in my nasal cavity. So as we plumbed the earth, and then Lady, and I said, oh, and I was like, man, it's really hard to sneeze on command. But then I knew one technique that always works, which is the old, you know, obscure hair plucking. So so I did that, and finally I sneezed, and it ended up, it was like, that was something like something out of one of those old Disney live-action movies with uh, uh, that what's-her-name would be in from Murder, She Wrote, uh, uh, who's Angel Lansbury, you know, like bread knobs and boom, bread knobs and broomsticks. And they say bed knob, bread knobs, and bre that was bread knob, that was part two. Angel Lansbury wasn't in that one. And actually, that uh, bread knobs and boomsticks, that was, uh, I guess that was something I wrote. Uh, the case of the sneezing fool. But in this case, the sneezing fool saved it. But, but end up, Lady Witchbeard had to climb on me like I was a broom. And she kind of got her knees in my back. She was holding my head and using my... Because then I started sneezing uncontrollably, I think, because the broom dust. Even if it was a... But whatever. She used me like I was some sort of uh, a broom, I guess. Which she, she she didn't exactly ride me like a broom because I don't think uh, I mean that sounds terribly inappropriate, but in this case it wasn't. She was like uh, she was riding me like a combination of a broom and a small uh, magic carpet. Uh, more yeah, like a lumpy magic carpet with her knees on my back, holding my head, so that every time I sneezed, kind of like I was a outboard motor on a rowboat, my me and my my head and my nose. And I think she was holding one of my legs, but again, I couldn't get a good look because I was sneezing. You know, my eyes are watering. But finally, we we mostly crashed into a bush, but at a low speed, and and landed. But I quickly recovered, and I said, so, Lady Witchbeard, what's the plan? 
And she said, Germ, uh, she said, are you okay? I said, uh, I said I'm great. So I, she said, well, we'll sneak into the camp and, and figure out. And I said, I'll sneak in there. And she said, Broom, you just indust, in, ingested some broom dust and correct. You know, I rode you like a broom. And I said, yeah, I feel totally, I've never felt so alive. And as a matter of fact, I need to walk to, you know, to get my spine back in alignment because your knees were between a couple of my vertebrae. And I was like, I'm Lady Witchbury, I love sneaking around. And she said, okay, germ. And she said, she said be careful. And I said, Lady Witchbeard. Uh, you know, there's nothing, you know, I can't be any less careful than, and she said, don't inhale any more broom dust. And I said, I'm not, and she said, don't sneeze and get caught either. I said, oh, they said, why don't they just cover their noses in that situation? You know, plug your nose. But so I started, I creeped my way around the camp. Lady Witchbeard stayed with me on the edge of the forest. You know, they had camped in a clearing. And again, I think they, they they had a sizable army of conquistadors and some indigenous people, but mostly conquistador types. And these were the guys that had been sent to catch Cortez. I think maybe two different groups. I think he had maybe the original group, but there was a secondary group that was in pursuit of us. And I'm just assuming he used his perfect teeth, his perfect wet chin, uh, high cheekbones, great, I mean, his phenomenal haircut and his magnetic personality. But he said, she said, I don't know if you've seen him in a short sleeve shirt, but I would bet he's, you know, he's probably pretty, pretty cut too. And beautiful woman on his arm. Seems like reasonable intelligence, unfortunately, uh, to win those guys. Promises of gold and all that crap, probably too. And like I said, like somebody quoted me this week, like, dude, he's capable of probably tantric sex and true love. So, but so anyway, what was my point? My point was, so they weren't really on guard, like they were, weren't planning on being attacked. So their guard was down, which is good for me because, you know, sneaking, despite what I told Lady Witchbeard, I'm a moderate sneaker, you know, creep, you know. Not great at it, not the worst at it. Uh, so we made our way. We made our way around, and then we saw what, what was his tent because it was it, actually his third biggest tent. Uh, but I think the first tent was for the horses or something, and the second tent was where they ate, or maybe maybe cooking and eating. I don't know. But I said, "All right, I'm gonna sneak in," and so I did. It was a pretty nice tent. So I did the old dodging. It, it was like, it, it was dusk. They were eating and singing. You could hear some singing. Or it was just chant. I don't know what it was. Maybe maybe they were, now I'm thinking about it, they were, maybe there was a really, church, maybe they were at church. Uh, but not important. I sneak into the tent. The, the, I do some crawling. I do I do a couple rolls. And even later, which were, no germ, no rolling. Yeah, because they just wanted, you know, I wanted, I said, there's a little Jason Bourne in me. And, but I got to the tent, I crawled under, and I did the, I, actually, at first I tried to crawl, and they said, oh no, let me, why? I said, why does everybody go head first under the, like a little bit of a, like, why don't you go sideways? And so I said, oh, I'm inventing a new way to sneak into a tent side lengthwise. 
or and I did that, and there was no one in the tent. Uh, but of course, then, then I got into the tent. It was like it was a nice tent. There was a nice bed, and I said, "How come uh, big shots always have rugs in their tent? You know, on the ground." And in the center of the tent, on one of the rugs, was this really big chest. And I said, well, geez, that's a big chest. I should look in there and just see. And then I said, and I said, oh, wait a second. How am I going to catch uh, Cortez? I didn't even think about that. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, Lady Witcher told me a while ago, like during one of our stops. At the, she, and I said, okay, what? And then I heard somebody coming. So then I said, well, I'm gonna, I opened the chest. It was full of a bunch of clothes. And I said, this is a perfect hiding spot for me. And I climbed in there. And then I said, put, I, tried, I said, I wish there was a thinking cap in here because I need to remember. I said, when I said, wait till he goes to sleep. And I said, oh, wait. And then, you know, make sure he stays asleep with the old, uh, with the old, you know, tap on the noggin. But then I heard like some, you know, he said, I, I said, is that a woman singing? And I, I said, was it him by, is it something like that. And I guess my curiosity got the best of me because I did the old cock, 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 the old, uh, what do you call that, open the chest a bit, you know, the old pe- peering out the chest plan. And as I peered out the chest, uh, the music hit my ears like make maple syrup. When it hits butter, then hits your tongue on on pancakes. It was it was like uh, oh, you know, like you do that. It was like, what? It was this woman just singing. Some I said, well, I don't even know the language, but it's and then it right in my view was the entrance of the tent. And who strolls in but, but Hernan Cortez, and immediately he starts singing, and, and, and uh, I, I, I did feel my head. I said, Jesus, okay, no concussion. And then I said, maybe I have some room, because he was singing, it was like a musical. He's like, was in the shadows at was I was I do Zapato? Like he was singing, like he it was it was it was. Uh, I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" And then they start. It's and then I see him. He starts dancing. It's Marina, and they're dancing. And they had on like I don't know. They had on the kind of outfits you'd expect. Like and they're looking in each other's eyes, and they were what? Like he was like it was like a. Seduction by song, and she was seduced. She's like, "Wowie," and they were doing that thing where you like, uh, wa- you know, but, but like an improv dance where he's moving towards her, eyes locked. She's moving towards him. I was like, "This is getting sexual quick." Uh, but then they were singing and smiling, and lots of eye contact, lots of handle dancing. Cheek to cheek, and I'm talking face cheek to face cheek, chest to chest. Still saying, whoa, was dipping her. She was dipping him. She was doing moves with her legs that you were like, like leaning back and putting one leg up. And not, not in any dirty way either, like uh, subtle, subtle. And I said, holy shit, this is like a... Uh, 
And I wish I, I said this is like this is like some true true love stuff going on in, right in front of me. And I wish I had my decade. I said the, the decades now because I was like this is some like nineteen fifties was my first reaction like some true love movie. And I said, well, maybe not the fifties. And then I said, how come the four? I go, oh yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff in it. I said, maybe the thirties, maybe the. I said, probably not the sixties or the seventies or the eighties. So I said, maybe the fifties or the thirties. This is some sort of thirties level romance uh, with a leading man and a leading woman, and I watched it unfold, and, and I was mesmerized, and I could not take my eyes off it. They and it always stayed on this edge of tension. And uh, for for a minute, like, uh, I thought, man, I was watching, I said, I don't know if I could, I started to feel bad about, because uh, I said, these two are really in love, I think. And, and something about, uh, maybe there was even a vulnerability of Cortez, like, where his confidence was there. But it was also like he was so in love with Marina that I was like, that I connected with him. I mean, because Marina, I was in love with her the whole freaking time. I was in love with her. I was in love with them being in love. And I was also in love with the idea of either Cortez being friends with me or me being him. Or like one-fifth as cool as him. And, and you wonder, you know, when people are like, uh, this is the decade I style myself after. You know, you see people, they say, well, this is my, you know, I'm in the 50s style or whatever. And I get, I don't know if this was 30s, 20, it could have been the 20s. No, not the 20s. No flat. She, Marina's no flapper. Not, no, nothing against flappers, but she's not a flapper. But just as I started to consider what, what I was doing, uh, Marina went over to the, the, uh, the, what is it called? I was in a crate, not a crate, a chest and flipped it open. I said, oh boy. And she was still dancing and singing. Look at him. She reached in and had like handed something up to her. And it just happened to be the right thing. It was a scarf. And, she, and this was still like a movie. I was like, and she's spinning around with this, like, uh, if it was a scarf, because they probably, like, one of those, you know, something you put around your, like, that's thin and, and translucent, though. But then she said, my, this won't do. And then I said, oh, boy, if they get naked, what the hell am I going to do then? But then she reached in again, and she looked down, and she saw me, and, and I saw she was reaching for this thing. So I reached up, and I put it on. And then I took her hand and I started dancing with her. I just, uh, part of me was just caught up in the moment. And I said, oh, the bones of Dido Marina. And I started dancing with her and she kind of went, and I think there was some sort of magic in the room, the tent, uh, because Cortez didn't do anything. And Marina let me start dancing with her. And then I was like, damn, I can't see. And I said, well, and then I said, wait a second, it's Marina. And I, and I said, well, Marina. And I said, maybe I should warn her. And I said, Marina, are you with us? Are you there? And I said, trying to get answers out of her. Uh, like, uh, but then I was like, I don't think I want to capture this Cortez either. But I don't. And I said, well, should I tip them off? 
Uh, and then I noticed I was singing the song. And then Cortez was clapping. And then I started getting more caught up in the moment. And I was little, well, and Marina spun me, and I made eye contact with her, and I instantly felt like triple time in love with her. And then we were dancing, and she was a dancer, man. She was barefoot. Oh, I didn't even step on her feet. And it was like I felt even the, like, pleasure of forlorn. There was, like, a forlorn pleasure in there because I knew what I just witnessed as, like, no shot for me. And then she spun me around, and then she, she spun me to Cortez, and Cortez danced with me for the night. And I said, okay, stay. And I noticed I had on uh, uh, some sort of uh, something I had put on. What is this? And this feels, I said, this feels pretty well. And I noticed Cortez grabbed the lapel, and I said, whoa, 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 buddy. No, 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 no. So, and I kind of broke the moment because I said, no, 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 that's something, that's a boundary. And then I spun around and I guess I kind of killed the mood. And he said, he said, uh, take off the coat germ. And then I turned to Marina was standing in front of the doorway and she kind of, she was flushed. And so was I, so was Cortez. And I said, okay, this is, but she, she was standing there black in my way too, like flushed with passion and passionate. Uh, and, and I said, well, I said, take off the coat. And then Marina said, the coat of many colors germ, remove it. And then I noticed Cortez like had snuck his way to get something to make, you know, say, Jesus, I'm serious about you taking off the coat. And I said, well, this is, I said, uh, th that, this has been a lovely evening. I said, it's so good to see you guys. And he said, not, not, nothing with the germ, germ, no germ around germ. And I said, I go by the phage now, by the way. You don't need to call me the germ anymore. And he said, it's germ. And I said, well, it's the phage now, the phage. And he said, off with the coat. And I said, the coat of men. And I said, okay. I said, so this is a coat of many colors for the angry. And I got lost up in the Neil Young song again. And I said, well, he said, I just came here to, I said, that was, I said, you two really love each other or something, huh? And he said, the germ, remove the coat. And I said, well, I wanted to see if we could work out a compromise because, uh, and Marina said, there's going to be no compromise, Germ. You, you won't be taking your non. And he said, he, 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 he. and I said, taking her non, where would you get that idea? And, 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 then, and then I said, okay, the code many colors, this get him in. And I guess I was waiting for it to do some ma magic uh, stuff. And then, and then I said, I said, she's the coat, and I said, the coat of many colors. And I guess I was nervous. Sometimes when I'm, not even when I'm nervous, sometimes I'll just repeat songs over, so like over and over again. And then I don't know what I was thinking, but I said, I thought about the goat of many colors. And then I started laughing. I said, the goat of many, and next thing I know, 
uh, I'm transforming into a goat, uh, or trans, I don't know, I'm becoming a goat of many colors. And I mean, for real, like not uh, metaphorically. And then I said, I was still kind of saying, and I, I was aware of it, like uh, they say, like out of body, like I was watching myself transform, but I was also inside this goat's body. And uh, I said, the goat of him. And then I said, next thing you know, uh, as with most things, uh, you know, I, I, I was still singing in my head, but then I was like, bah, you know, I guess I was in bah, that's what sheep do. But, you know, goats make a bleeding. I know sheep bleat too, B-L-E-E-T. I, I don't know, goating. I was making some goats, which isn't that different than my singing. And then uh, uh, Cortez like was like uh, he he made a move at me, but I had you know four I, I had my goat stinks you know goat instincts, which turns out are a lot better than German stinks or phage instincts. Because he made a move at me, I didn't even know I was capable. But I did like a like a, a juco move where I did a left right left, and he dove at me, and then I goaded by him. Marina went at me. I, she, I gave her actually a little butt, not a big. You know, Marina already had a like. Uh, she didn't have a. She had a good butt, but I butted her with my horns, but not in a violent way. Just like I uh, bumped her out of the way, and then I did a move, but just pure goat instincts. I was not in control here, but I was, and I dashed right out the door. Boom! I broke a hard right out of the thing. They tore out, but they you know overshot. And actually, my goat stinks were going so fast that I, like, hung, like, uh, 90 degrees around the side of the tent. Then I went another 45-degree right. And I shot in the woods. And I was a goat of many colors. And believe it or not, like, uh, I don't know if I was a chameleon goat, but it just happened to be the many colors were, were like, I was invisible as soon as I hit the forest. And then I, for a second, I panicked. I said, oh, boy, I'm a goat of many. And I said, I said, don't think about it, Phage. And I said, well, geez, I better find Lady Witchbeard, you know, because who better to find if you've been turned into to a goat than, a, you know, your, you know, your, your witch buddy? Uh, but I, at first I stayed still because I was like, okay. And then I heard Cortez yelling out orders. He's turned into a goat. Find me the goat. And they started, and I said, okay. And they looked around, and I said, goat instincts, find Lady Witchbeard, and nothing happened. So I said, okay, these goat instincts aren't, goat stinks aren't automatic. Uh, but then uh, I said, okay, so phage instinct. And I said, okay, and I remember we're supposed to meet this big tree uh, that you could, she said, she told me, she's like, okay, after you come out, if you can see the three tents, you know, look for the top. So I said, okay, that's that's human instincts, but it still works for a goat. And I said, geez, I got a human brain and consciousness. I said, I wonder if, you know, what consciousness, you know, theorists are saying, geez, if you can turn into a goat, what does that mean for human consciousness, you know? If I can bring my consciousness into a goat, does that mean there's an afterlife or is it irrelevant? But then I said, I better go finally. So I started going late, which I was moving slow. And then I said, then I caught a whiff of my, I said, man, I still got a human 
scent memory because I stink. I said, man, if we're, I said, I go with many colors and scents. And luckily, I, I guess, or maybe just naturally, I changed into a male goat because then I thought about how relieved, despite my goat-like scent, that I didn't smell like a, uh, a like I, I said, I don't like, uh, I'm not a big goat milk fan. And I said, just, he said, you know, when people say, geez, they're sensitive to some flavors. Uh, the flavor of goat milk and lamb, those two flavors, they, 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 they uh, I don't know, my tongue's just sensitive to them. I don't like it at all. And I said, what would that mean? Would I be a colicky goat baby then if I had to drink goat's milk? And I said, well, luckily I'm a grown goat. And then I started, I guess I got distracted because I started button, button stuff because I said, geez, I got horns now. I'm a horny. And no one, you know, no one was, and I, but I butted a couple bushes. But then I was like, okay, don't bring, you know, and I started sneaking again, goat style. And being a goat in the woods is pretty good because, you know, goat hair is kind of, you know, thicker and coarser. And then I made my way, and there was Lady Witchbeard. She was kind of, she's also good good in the woods, you know, uh, green and blacks. So she stepped out, and she said, hello. And I tried to talk, and I said, bah, bah, bah. And, and I said, uh, I, I, made a, I just made a movement with my head, and I said, uh, and she said, do I know you? And then I did a spin. And then they, and I said, oh, geez, too bad. I said, what, a spin right? Yes, a spin left? No. But I just thought that, and she didn't answer. And then she said, come here, come here, little goat, come here. And I said, uh, and she said, you're a nice goat. She said, you're, you're a very colorful goat. And she said, you, you remind me of someone. And I said, well, it's, uh, it's Mila. And then she said, come along. And she said, have you seen my friend, the phage germ? And I said, uh, and I tried to do the yes. And, uh, but I don't know, I said, I think she knows it's me, I think. And she said, come on, come on. And then she was leading me by, by, by my horns. She actually had a grip on my horns, like a nice soft grip. And I said, well, geez, I wonder where we're going and then I said, wait a second, we're good. And then I noticed uh, we walked right into the, the camp. And then we walked right in the uh, soldiers. Uh, everyone stopped. Like, uh, there was a lot of yelling until they saw Lady Wishbury. And then there was no yelling. And they just kind of nodded. And, and I said, wait a second, that's strange. And we went right to Cortez's tent and right inside. And I said, well, and she said, come along, little goat, goat. And as soon as we went in the tent, uh, some guy ran him right behind Lady Witchbeard and handed her a rope uh, that she put over my head. And then she put it, wrapped it around my horns, too. And I said, oh, Jesus. And she said, I got you now. And she tied me to a, the temple at the center of this tent. And she sat, she, she, she sat on the chest. And then in walked Marina and, and Cortez. And uh, Cortez said, oh, Lady Witchbeard. And she said, Hernan, Marina. And he said, I'm, I'm glad you came. 
And she said, is this German? He said, it is. He's a goat of many colors. And she said, is that going to be a problem? He said, he said, no, we could just remove his coat if we need it. You know, it would still be the goat's coat of many. And I, 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 I bleated at that like a, like a lamb. And then Cortez said, well, I'm glad you, you've, you've decided to work with me. And if, then I started looking back and forth, and, and I said, uh, I, I said, wait a second. And I, and I said, geez, I wonder if can, do, do goats have tear ducts? And I said, wait, is the lady which we're double-crossing me? And she said, well, my primary concern is saving the magic or not. She said, you can have whatever you want, the, the gold, the people, the power. She goes, I just need to, to protect the magic. And I said, my, my heart kind of sunk, but then, I don't know, then Cortez sat down on the bed and he called me over and Marina sat in his lab. And, and, and she was scratching my head, which actually felt phenomenally good. And they were all kind of sitting there, and he said, well, well Lady Wishbeard, we'll, we'll have to come up with a plan. And she said, I already have a plan or none. And he said, excellent. And he, he said, Marina, do you want to take care of this goat? And she said, yeah, she, he, he's, he, this is a good goat. And I say, then I was even more torn because I was like, man, feeling a good petting is very distracting for whatever you call it feels so good you stop thinking straight i think that's what happens to animals and stuff like i had the sense soothed right out of me so even though i had been double crossed and i said well geez i was a goat so that's not great go to many colors i didn't even know i kind of accidentally transformed into it i was caught lady witchbeard double crossed me kind of I kind of feel guilty about double crossing. Well, I said, we're not really double crossing or not. But I said, well, this is probably a good place to stop for this week. You know, I'm a goat. A goat trying to cry, but being so soothed by a beautiful woman petting me. Uh, strange situation, strange occurrences, but the goat of many colors is the phage. Now a goat of many colors. And you say to yourself, how many colors, what colors? And I'd say, yeah, use your imagination. Think of the most lovely goat you've, you've, you've seen and then add so many natural colors to it. Like a goat of dreams being soothed with such a gentle, gentle pet. A gentle, gentle strokes on the area right between your ears and your horns. That just loves to be stroked. So soothing, so gentle, so kind. That it makes the feelings of being double-crossed and confused go right away. Good night.